Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday with myself, Cody Coster, and with me is Mr. John Spainhauer from Chicago. John, how you doing? Hey, Cody, good to be back, and uh, it's a beautiful, rainy May 3rd here in Chicago, so looking forward to some better better weather, and I think it's in front of us, but right now it's a, uh, a lowly uh, 46 degrees so, and rainy here, so I hope it's better where you're at. It is not. We've actually got just about the same. 46, rain, the forecast does not look too pleasant for the next two days, but you know what? We'll uh, we'll suck it up, Buttercup, and get past it. Cody, if April showers bring May flowers, do you know what May flowers bring? Hopefully, June hot weather, man. Pilgrims. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. And with that, we are off and running on a, <laughs> a lowly low GDT today. Yes, sir. You know this is going to be a, a big event. Uh, on the GDT and and you know depending on how you want to categorize it, but down eight point five percent here on our auction today. The you know losers across the board. This is just a much different picture than what we've seen uh, for a very long time in terms of the depth of the the, the declines, but also. We've got a you know declines across the entire board here. Just some of the highlights: butter down twelve and a half percent, cheddar down eight point six, skim milk powder down six point five, and whole milk powder down six point five. Again, bringing us back to a composite index drop of eight point five lower. Um, this is going to be you know one of our lowest composite indexes uh, for the year. Things just you know going all the way back to. The beginning of the year here or the transition into the new year just a big big drop here and it uh again came across all fronts there and i guess to a certain aspect some of the things to point out is is that it wasn't altogether unexpected in terms of you know u.s prices have pulled back a little bit here in the last two weeks since the last auction european prices though have pulled back a, a decent amount in the last two weeks and one of the main drivers of that discount or that movement on the european side hasn't necessarily been the flat price in terms of euros per ton but the euro currency uh versus the dollar has made almost a four percent drop um, and that just made the european product about 4% more competitive with the U.S. So those are things to keep in mind. Um, easy to walk away from this auction and say, well, that's it. Everything's over with. Uh, the top's in and, and we're done. And I, I just feel like there are some things that need to be dissected, dissected, excuse me, before we can really make that call. Absolutely. But I mean, like you mentioned last week, last week was, what do we have? 3.3, 3.5% lower. And this one just completely outweighed, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago, GDT. Do you equate a big portion of this, John, to China possibly not being back in, in the, the driver's seat just quite yet? You know what, Cody, uh, if you would have asked me that question during the auction itself, my, you know, before we had the data, my answer would have been an unequivocal, uh, yeah, China wasn't here, right? They're, they're absent and, uh, you know, they're not here. And that's probably what we can lay this one off on. Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, as we dig into the data, we see that China did indeed show up. China was here and they had one of their better showings that we've had all year in terms of their participation. And they, they did show up here. And it's just a very, very confusing auction. Um, some things to look at. Again, China, 
lower than last year, but only 12% lower than the auction uh, from the year before. And one of the best showings all year. Uh, The Middle East, however, 54% lower. The Middle East isn't necessarily one of our biggest buyers on the exchange or on the GDT or as a participant, but they have been there and and a marginal buyer and and somebody that's really helped keep the the GDT afloat price-wise in the absence of Chinese buying. Here we have Chinese buying show back up and the Middle East disappears. By no means do I want to say, hey, the, the Middle East is just as powerful as a buyer as China. There's just nobody as big as China. But um, ne- nevertheless, that's the way this one, you know, the cookie crumbled on this. What we can say, though, is that the, the it was very bizarre auction and or a very bizarre auction in terms of the shape of the curve, um, specifically as it comes to whole milk powder. If we look at whole milk powder, uh, we had a I, just really hard to explain this kind of stuff here. You know, you, you had whole milk powder move lower on the, the front end and come in higher on the back end, quite a bit higher. And a a price difference of, you know, I'm just looking at contract one here, $36.79 per ton. Get into contract five on October and we're at $5,825. Just just a huge spread here. And I'm not entirely sure how to explain that away. What I would suggest though, is that what we're seeing here, if you remember the Chinese are in lockdown right now, it's made it very difficult for them. Even if they had demand domestically, it's making it very difficult for them to get that product in, get that product distributed. Uh, Go back two auctions ago and right beforehand, there was a, an announcement from Fonterra that they were, you know, pulling volumes from the, you know, the back end of the auction and putting them on the front end and and bringing them to the spot, uh, you know, bringing them to the exchange. And I think what we've ultimately ended up seeing here is is that there was more volume being offered here. And you can say, well, there was more volume offered last time. That's true, but on this auction, on a year over year basis, our or on a week over week basis, excuse me, auction to auction, there's quite a bit more whole milk powder offered than there was last time. And I think that those volumes simply overwhelmed the front end. And then as always, uh, I shouldn't say as always, but what typically happens is the demand on whole milk powder sets the tone and whole milk powder itself has been cheaper than synthetic whole milk powder. And what I mean by that is, is if we take skim, butterfat and lactose and, you know, put them together on a proper basis of a composition, we can recreate whole milk powder. Whole milk powder itself has been cheaper than the the components that make up the synthetic. So when whole milk powder was feeling weaker today, you know, with all those other products at a premium, they had to come down and come down. They did. Again, AMF down 11.7% and butter down 12.5%. And again, skim coming down 6.3, while homo powder itself only came down 6.9. So again, Cody, uh, I don't really know how to, you know, you you can't walk away from an auction like this that was 6.5% lower and say, what a bullish result, (laughs) right? It's impossible. Um, This is the fourth lower auction in a row quite a trend that has been been developing here. And we've talked about that several times. And again, I, I know I've been on the fence of saying, well, I'm going to reserve the right to see what China does. Um, and China did step back in. 
and 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 here they are and the price still went lower so uh again that that's a little hard to to walk away from but if we turn you know and look at those deferred futures specifically on whole milk powder if we turn and look at those futures and look at the price point that they're putting in uh, they're they're kind of forecasting that we're about ready to move higher again and, and in a quick fashion right and and again that's against September and October, though, you know, they'll start taking trading that here fairly shortly in the next two months or so. And again, you're getting a whole milk powder price back up to almost $5,800, which would be a high of the move as it relates to, you know, it would be much higher than the move we made at our high back on March 1st. So again, don't want to, uh, you know, don't want to walk away from this without suggesting that this was a, a, a bearish result. But there is a little bit of a silver lining in there, and that is that according to our data, China has come back. If they continue to stay in there, uh, I would expect that we'll find support on the next auction, and uh, especially as they come out of lockdown, and we may be finding a bottom here. I think it's interesting that you bring that up. I guess during our spot session, uh, speaking cheese primarily. Uh, what do we have a five cent higher offer in the barrel? And that was that was it, to my knowledge. Correct. That is correct. You know, uh, there, there's another argument that can be made here on cheese. And that is that, you know, as world buyers have scoured the earth looking for cheese, uh, you know, if we step back and look at European milk production, European milk production has been significantly lower. It remains significantly lower. It has caused been part of the matrix that's led to higher prices, both here in the U.S. and on the GDT. But one of the things that we ran into, Cody, if you we've talked about it for how long now, and that is that people looking for cheese out of the U.S. haven't been able to necessarily secure the transportation. And they looked at it to say, what good does it do me to buy cheese in the U.S. that's cheaper than in Europe or in New Zealand if I can't actually get it on a boat? This past week was ADPI. It was a great conference. It was so exciting to see everybody again and be back in that room. And, and But most importantly, one of the things that came out of that is there have been some exports that have been booked specifically on cheese here in the U.S., and those buyers presumably have and reportedly have, I guess, have transportation. And if you've got, and we've heard from more and more people that transportation off the West Coast is starting to move. And, you know, we've said that the more those boats move, the more cheese we can move. I I guess one could make the argument here that buyers did not buy at least cheese with such aggression on the GDT today because they were able to actually get some of their orders filled here in the U.S., uh, in the last few weeks, and they've been able to get the bookings to get it out of the country. You know, when we've seen that in the past, what ends up happening is U.S. cheese increases while the world price decreases, and we start to come into that equilibrium that we've talked about here on the show for so long. Yeah, I was just going to say, that. I guess that kind of answers the question that you and I have been debating on the past couple episodes of of how everything's moving out west. Even with the auction today, Prices are kind of still in line as far as the spread, just uh, the prices that you sent over from the U.S. to the EU. I mean, we're still uh, give it 30 cent discount in cheese. Um, the interesting one is butter. I mean, you're, you're talking almost an 80 to 85 cent discrepancy, us being lower than the EU in that pricing, which brings class three and class four to a, a, a two to almost three dollar lower price yield than EU has right now. Yeah, you know, that's going to be one of those things where 
if we stand back from it, Cody, you know, if, if we say there were several boxes that we could have checked that were in the bullish camp, right? Yep. One of those was European milk production. The other was Chinese demand on the GDT. Let's step back from it now and say it, it, we've got to uncheck, you know, I, I, I depend, you know, glass half empty, glass half full. The Chinese haven't been here. It, it appears as though they showed back up. But for right now, at the very least, we can say the GDT is no longer such quite the lodestar that it was going back just several months ago when prices were skyrocketing. We have to kind of uncheck that bullish box a little bit. But moving back to the European milk production, though, it hasn't gotten any better. And, and chances are it's not going to get much better. And that's going to keep world buyers out here. And that's going to keep the EU price inflated. Maybe they can come down, right? But it's going to keep a, a premium on the EU prices. And it's more than likely going to continue to lead to further exports here out of the U.S. for butter, for cheese. And skim, you know, skim's a, a, a tough one. We'll see where this one came in. New Zealand came in at $1.87 on skim. The U.S. is a dollar seventy-ish right now. I, I'd be willing to bet the EU comes down a little bit here in the next few weeks as a result of this GDT. But all in all, that, that that discount's not quite as big as it was. But the argument can still be made for butter and cheese. And then finally, to follow it up here, let's not forget here in the U.S. that we are, you know, in some cases out of flush, in some cases starting flush. But let's just say on the whole. We're in the middle of flush right now. It's May 3rd. There's a lot of milk out there, and it, there should be a lot of milk out there. And if, if we go back here in the U.S. and stand back from the situation, the cheese complex was fairly well spoken for. The, the milk that was going to go into cheese was going to go into cheese, and that cheese was well contracted. It, it put things somewhat in balance. As milk production here in the U.S. declined, what suffered was the class four, and that was butter powder. And that saw we saw class four skyrocket over class three, if you remember, and sometimes to the tune of $4 a hundredweight. As we come into flush and there's some extra milk out there, and we see the international price fading a little bit, we've seen butter and powder come down. And now what we're looking at here is a circumstance where class three has actually gone higher than class four by almost a dollar now. And you say, why is that? It, I'm guessing a lot of that milk here in the U.S., if there's free to sell milk, it's probably going to go into a class four complex, specifically here in the Midwest. And, and that's going to result in a little bit more butter and a little bit more powder. It's brought that three, four back to equilibrium, something we've said for a long time we were expecting to happen. It has happened. And look at this. Class three is now higher than class four. I, I don't know how how wide that band stretches out the other way. There's probably some room for that to happen. But in the end, I think we'll see the class three, four spread come back to zero and find that equilibrium. We'll see U.S. and EU prices harmonize and and we'll, there'll be a proper discount or, or premium in there for one product over another. But in, in the end, we'll find some harmony in here and then we'll see what we look like on the backside of flush. When it gets hot here and we start getting into a weather market, you know, there's still plenty of room for a, uh, you know, some real upside here on the uh, on the on the grain markets, and especially here on the milk markets. As we get further down the road, we'll have a, a little bit more confidence about whether China's here or not. They should be out of lockdown by then. I don't know, but should be. 
And if they are, we, we could see them come back in strong. And, you know, if we realize some of these whole milk powder prices that we're trading on the GDT today out on the back end of the curve, then we still haven't seen the highs of the year yet. And uh, again, I'm a little less confident today than I was going back two months ago when we had both of those major boxes to check. But uh, we still do have European milk production suffering. We still do have what appears to be unbelievably outstanding demand here in the U.S., both on a domestic and, and an export front. And then finally, it appears as though the Chinese have stepped back in. So with that said, again, not a good auction. No way to hide that. But looking into it, maybe there's uh, some, uh, what do some people call it? Some sprout, greens, green sprouts here. Green sprouts, a little promise on the horizon, if you will. Little promise on the horizon, and again, let's let's all keep in mind that we're talking about a little bit of weakness up here at twenty four fifty milk on class three and and twenty three sixty three class four. These are still incredibly good prices, near record prices, and so to to run into some price resistance up here, you're gonna see that. To run into some forward selling up here on the futures market, you're gonna see that. Right. It's 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 all still the sign of a very healthy market. And as we move forward through the spring here, we'll find out if this was a healthy pullback or if the market hasn't has indeed turned and it's time to go lower. Absolutely. No, I think those are, are very good points. And uh, we'll see what do we have two weeks from now still. Yep. Two weeks from now. Next GDT, this is the first one of May. So we will see if the weather turns and also the markets at the same time. But until then. John, always appreciate your insight, giving the people uh, what you know and what you think. If anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to get a hold of myself or John, and we will be happy to answer any said questions for you. Uh, But until next time, John, thanks for being here, and everybody enjoy, hopefully, warmer weather to come. Cody, I'll try to leave the dad jokes at home next time. Oh, don't. That was a good one. Actually, halfway through the podcast, it finally dawned on me and I laughed to myself. But. <laughs> <laughs>